Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Exodus how Moses desired to know God's name and the importance of why God gave Moses two names of God. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. Hello again. I'd like to welcome you as we continue in our study in this wonderful book of Exodus. And we're just having a great time as we're looking into all that God recorded for our benefit. Let's look to him first in prayer. Father, thank you so much for taking all the trouble as you did. Lord, to write all this down for us so that we could be there with Moses, so that we could identify with Moses, so we could learn of how great God is, of how great you are to us. Help us to do that today, Lord, as we study your word in Exodus in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, please look now in uh, Exodus chapter 3 and context here. I'll begin reading at verse 11. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt. You shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am have sent me unto you. And God said, Moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, and of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, we're coming outwards. We're really focused in on verse 13 where Moses now says these words. Moses says, and Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? See, Moses has created in his mind this whole situation is what's going to happen. He's thought about this. Well, he's had a long time to think about this. He's had 40 years, really, to think about when he's going to go back to the children of Israel, when he's going to go back to the Jewish people. Moses is glad that God has called him to go back there. And he's rehearsed in his mind, what would it be like? It went so terrible the last time. And ever since Moses, he tried, which he did, and he failed to deliver the Jewish people. That was 40 years previous to this time. He's been thinking about this. It's been on his mind. He's been going over the scenarios of what it's going to be like when he goes back to the Jewish people. And we can imagine, we can just see Moses there on the desert. And over and over again in his mind, he's reviewing his encounter, his first encounter When he tried to deliver the Jewish people, he's reviewing that in his mind. And he's saying to himself, I came as their deliverer. What went wrong? What happened? And he's thought about what went right and what went wrong. And most of it went wrong. But being the sensitive man that Moses was, he asked himself, why did the Jewish people reject me? Why did they reject me? And so he remembers the words that they spoke to him in Exodus 2.14, how they challenged him, how they rebuffed him, how they rejected him with those searing words where it says, 
And he said, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? And we could just hear as that, as that Jewish man, really representing the Jewish people, said it with disdain, said it with despise in his voice, said it with just disgust. Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? And he thought about what they said. They called me a prince. They called me a judge. And he thought, that's the name they called me. They called me a prince. They called me a judge. And the Jewish people, they're interested to know the name. They gave me a name. They're interested to know the title. So Moses thinks, you know, when I go back as a messenger of the God of their fathers, and it says that they shall say to me, what is his name? So Moses asked God, what shall I say unto them? He's very honest. He's thought this thing through. He realizes that these are the people are going to want to know his name is. They're going to want to know what is God's name. What is God's name? Tell us. So Moses then turns to God like a child. Very open, very transparent. God, please help me. What shall I say unto them? And although Moses said this, and he said that the Jewish people were wanting to know this, this was really not only the question for the Jewish people. This was not just Israel's question. Moses wanted to know himself. Moses wanted to know himself. It was Moses who was interested to know God's name. So Moses, when Moses says, what shall I say unto them? Moses really wanted to know, what is your name, God? He's really asking for himself. He's kind of hiding behind the they will ask veil. But really, it's Moses that wants to know. He wants to know more of God. So with an eagerness, he listens carefully as God says in verse 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And Moses is picturing that. I'm going to go to the children of Israel. I'm going to go to the Jewish people. They're going to say, What's his name? And I'm going to say, His name is I am that I am. And then I'm going to say, I am has sent me to you. And so he's trying to get his arms around this. I mean, there's two names that he's heard from God. He's heard, first of all, he's heard God say, I am that I am. That's the one name. And then he's heard another name. And the other name is I am. And he says, these, these are like revelations that God is making to Moses. God is revealing to Moses. God is saying to Moses, Moses, I, I want to reveal myself to you. I am that I am. Moses, I want to reveal myself to you. I am. That's my name. You see? And so those two names are a great revelation to Moses and to us and to all men. This is a great revelation. Now on the surface, when you look at these two names, the two names of I am that I am and I am, they seem to say nothing. We say, what kind of a name is that? What kind of names are those? I am that I am and I am. It sounds like nonsense. It's a, it's a, but let's slow down. We'll think about this because God first told Moses that his name was I am that I am, which is a name that seems to go in a circle. I am that I am. It's the name that starts with I am. It's a name that ends with I am. It's like a circle of I am. And what does that circular name mean? I am that I am. Well, Moses realizes when he hears this from God, and we realize this when we hear this from God, that God is not like anyone else or anything else because anyone else has a beginning, but not God. God does not have a beginning. See, every person that is or has been or will be has a beginning. And before that beginning time, that person was not. And every person could say of himself, 
Today I am, and before the creation time, I was not, but not God. That cannot be said of God. He always existed. So only God can say, today I am, I always was I am, so yesterday I am, I will always be I am, so tomorrow I am. And this is what it was, was encapsulated by the statement about Jehovah Jesus when he says here, Jehovah Jesus says, I am that I am. And the statement that encapsulates this is Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever, the same. I am that I am. The Lord Jesus Christ is God. He has no beginning. He has no ending. He always has been. He always will be. That's what's meant by the statement, I am that I am. It's a tremendous statement that gives us a sense of security. It gives us a sense of stability. We are dealing with the eternal one that has no beginning and has no ending, and we cannot comprehend of it. We just accept it, and the acceptance of it is the acceptance of the name I am that I am. It's the eternity of God. That's the meaning behind the statement that's made of the Lord Jesus Christ, when it goes to describe when he, is, he becomes a man. He didn't begin when he became a man. He, uh, God became a man. The eternal one became a man. And it's described in, in the prophet Micah, in verse 5 and verse 2, where it says, Behold thou Bethlehem, Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee, Shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. That's spoken of no one but God. He is from everlasting. He has no beginning. Whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. That's Jehovah Jesus who said, I am that I am as his name. That's the meaning of what it says about him in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, when it speaks about when the child was born, but the person wasn't born. But it says there, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The son was not born. The son always was, but he was given. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. His name, the Everlasting Father, Everlasting. That's Jehovah Jesus who said, My name is I Am that I Am. That's the meaning behind what is described of him in John 1, 1, where it speaks in the prologue of John, in the beginning, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word. That's Jehovah Jesus, that when as far back as we can go, and what we would call the beginning, he was. He has always been. He was there. That's why he says, my name is, I am that I am. See, in the next verse goes on in John 1, 2, the same was in the beginning with God. That expresses the eternal nature of God. 
It makes God God. That's what makes God God because only God is eternal. He always has been. He always will be. And therefore, only he can say of himself that his name is I am that I am. Then notice how God told Moses that the second name, he says he's to tell Israel that I am hath sent Moses to them. Now, this answer must have stunned Moses as he thought to himself, that's what I'm supposed to say to the Jewish people? I'm supposed to go to the Jewish people, and I'm supposed to say, I am has sent me to them. And Moses says to himself, what kind of an answer is that? What kind of a, how, the question is, what's God's name who has sent you to us? And I'm supposed to tell them that, the, that God's name is I am. I'm supposed to say to them, I am has sent me to you. And they're going to think that I'm crazy. I mean, they're going to think that, well, what's the rest of the sentence, Moses? The rest of the sentence is, I'm out of my mind. I mean, but Moses, he had to give some thought about this. He had to give some thought about what was God meaning by this name? What had God told him? Because at first, Moses had to get over the stun of it, and he, had to re- and he re- began to realize these names have very special significance to Israel, to all men that name is going to become a very special name for the Jewish people. Very, very special. This is Jehovah Jesus now speaking to Moses. And the first name he tells him, he says, I am that I am. In other words, it expresses the eternity of himself, the eternity of God. And then the second name, I am, which is not an expression of the eternity of God, but it's really an incomplete sentence, I am. In other words, I am what? So when God says to Israel that his name is I am, it's as if God is giving to Israel a blank check with a space there, a big line says I am, and then there's a line. And it's designed for Israel then to write in what God should be for them. I am that I am is the eternity of God, but I am is an expression of what God is for them. And Moses realizes then at this point, and so do we, how this second name of I am was going to be a very necessary name for the Jewish people to know about God. Why? Because it's the key, it's the key for Israel of seeing God becoming for them their help. Because what we've read about here, when you look at these things here, and you see what God has said in verse 7, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. That means that the people in Egypt are saying, we are in affliction, we need relief from our affliction. He says, I've heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. These are expressions of needs. I need deliverance, I need comfort, I know their sorrows. I need someone to take my sorrows away. And so he says, I come. And he says, and I come as I am. And so Moses then had to teach Israel, as God wants to teach us, what it means for God to have the name of I am. Because what's true of the Jewish people is true of us. We need. And they could not have been, the Jewish people could not have been, as we've seen here, in a situation of a greater need. They were in dire straits. They had great, great needs. And so I mean, after all, Israel, the Jewish people, were being killed, slowly exterminated as they watched their young boys being murdered. And Israel, and so they were faced with death, 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 all around death. 
And so what does Israel need in this situation? They need a life giver, someone to give them life. And so God said, I am your life giver. Fill it in. I am your life giver. Israel was in bondage. They were slaves. They were hopeless slaves. They had no chance at all. Rebellion? Not a possibility. They were in bondage. What did they need? They needed a deliverer. God says, right deliverer. I am your deliverer. Israel was being hurt as they were crying because of the affliction. They were greatly being hurt. What did they need? They were in sorrow, as it says. They needed a comforter. God says, write in, I am your comforter. Israel was in a foreign country. Israel needed a leader to bring them out of their foreign country, to bring them to their own country. What do they need? They need a leader. Write that in, Israel. I am your leader. Israel had this need. Israel had that need. And God was saying to them, Israel, you need the life giver. I'm your life giver. Israel, you need a deliverer. I am your deliverer. God was saying to Israel, Israel, you need a comforter. I am your comforter. Is God saying to Israel, Israel, you need a leader. I am your leader. God saying, you have this need. You have that need. Israel, I'm the answer to this need. I am the answer to that need. So by saying to Israel that God's name was I am, God was saying to Israel that God was who they needed. And I am to Israel was like a blank check. He says, Israel, you complete the sentence. It's all about what I am, just me. There's a very important concept to this verse, which is expressed in Matthew 10.40, when it says, he that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. Now, when it says, he that receiveth me, grammatically, that is in the present tense. It means he that is receiving me. He that is, it's a continuous sense there. There's a continuous sense. It's a present, but it's like a continuous. He that is receiving me. So there is a sense in which there is a continuous receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's different from John 1.12, which doesn't have this grammatical tense, has a different one. And John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. See, when it says in that verse that they received him, That tense is a one-time event. A person is born again. And that's the time when they received him as Savior. That's the time when they received him as their Lamb of God who took away their sins. That's the time when they received him as their Lord. That's a one-time event. And when that occurs, according to John 1.12, as it says there, that at that time, that time, as many as received him, that he gives them the power, the authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which never changes. They have that power, they have that authority from that time. Because that's why that verse says, as many as received him as a one-time event, speaking of being born again. But in Matthew ten twenty, where it says, he that receiveth me, or receives me, that's like a continuous event. That's in the sense that, 
See, there is a sense in which, as we said, at one time the Lord Jesus Christ is received as Savior. But there's another sense in which we continue to receive him as the one who meets our changing needs. See, there is the beginning of the relationship, as many as received him, to them gave you the power to become the sons of God. And there is the development of the relationship. He that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. See, we began our relationship with the one event when we were born again. But we develop our relationship with him as a process in which we learn to trust him more. We learn to rely on him more in new areas as they come up through the adventure of life. Today I have a particular need for patience, and I don't have this patience within myself, and my patience has all gone, it's been tried out, it's there's zero left, and I need patience from God. Lord, you said you were the great I am. I need you to be for me. I am your patience. I am your patience. So Lord, today I receive you as my patience in this situation because you said I am. I am your patience. I receive you as my patience. Tomorrow, someone dear to me may die and I will have a great need for comfort. A great need for comfort. So tomorrow I may pray, Lord, you said You were the great I am. I need you to be, to say to me, I am your comfort. I am your comfort. So Lord, tomorrow I'll receive you as my comforter. I'll receive you. See, that's what's all tied up in this word I am. Because God is saying to Moses, Moses, Israel must learn this secret. They must learn to call on my name as I am. I am. They must learn that this is a blank check. They must learn how to fill in this blank check. They must learn that as they go through the adventures of life and the challenges of life and the obstacles of life, that they cannot meet the challenges and the obstacles in themselves. They need me. They must come to me. And therefore, they must learn the secret of how to fill in the blank check that starts with, I am. And so Moses, Moses, you must teach them. You must teach them how to fill in the part after, I am, and then how they receive me in that moment as the I am that they need. Moses, you will teach Israel. You will teach Israel to call on my name of I am for the different needs in their lives. Moses, Israel must learn this. They must learn that I am, just me alone, I am the answer for every need that they have. And they must learn to fill in that blank check and then to receive me for their continuous needs that they have and that they will have. See, the Bible is full, it's full of teaching man that God's name is I am and to fill it in. See, when we look at verses like, for example, Jeremiah 33.3, where it says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. What does that mean? That means, for example, that we come to God, and we have a tremendous problem. We have no idea how this problem is going to solve. No idea at all. Maybe we do. 
But we come to God and we say, Lord, I need you. I need you to do things for me which I don't know. I need you to say to me, I am the one who will show you great and mighty things that I don't know. For my problem, call unto me. I'm calling unto you in trouble. I need you to be, I fill in that blank check, the one who shows me great and mighty things which I don't know. I receive you now as the one who shows me great and mighty things which I don't know. Thank you for joining us today. Now remember that today's message and previous messages are always available for free listening and free to download at our websites, friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or israelrestoration.org, israelrestoration.org. Now both websites have information where you can learn more about Tom Cantor and study more about the friendship of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have lots of free materials, teachings, messages, and videos that you're going to want to read, watch, or download all for free. Now, we also have an online bookstore of Tom Cantor's materials, both available on our websites, friendshipwithgod.org and israelrestoration.org. Now, this month, Tom Cantor is encouraging you to witness to your lost Jewish friend. Maybe it's a doctor, lawyer, businessman, friend, co-worker, neighbor, but Tom Cantor wants you to witness to them, and he's going to give you a free gift of his life story on DVD and booklet, but he's also going to go one step further. He wants to personally pray for your lost Jewish friend that needs to be reached. Now, we'll mail that gift directly to your friend if you have their address and information, or we'll mail it directly to you to give to them. But Tom Cantor wants to pray for that person as well, too. So fill out the online form at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or you can call us today at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. Or go to friendshipwithgod.org to fill out the online form. Thanks for listening.